Welcome to On Texas Football. Bobby Burton here, joined by Eric Prisbell. Eric is the uh, On3 senior college sports business writer. Uh, the reason I'm coming to you tonight is Eric and uh, the crew at On3 are writing and following a special uh, session tomorrow, uh, legislative session, uh, about NIL. Uh, Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach, is going to appear. Greg Sankey, uh, the SEC commissioner. Uh, they have a uh, get together tonight that uh, our Pete Nakos of uh, On Three is attending. Uh, that is includes eleven state senators from around the country on Capitol Hill, uh, and they are attempting to move forward legislation uh, that would uh, legitimize and/or uh, I guess put it all under one roof. Uh, the idea of NIL and college sports. I want to get Eric Prisbel's idea. Uh, of what exactly they are talking about up there in Capitol Hill tonight and tomorrow. Absolutely, Bobby. Thanks so much for having me. And let me just set the stage here and and really paint a picture of why we're right in this situation right now. And kind of this is a desperate time. I'd use the word desperate to describe the NCAA's attempt and a Hail Mary attempt at that, sources tell me, to try to get a lifeline from Congress and some federal legis legislation for a number of reasons. The NCAA sees the writing on the wall where the winds are blowing, and they know that they're confronted with a, a clock that's ticking right now and they're running out of time. They see legislation, you know, lit litigation in, in, in the Johnson versus the NCAA case. They see the National Labor Relations Board filing a, a complaint against the NCAA, the Pac-12, USC. And everything is moving toward implementing an employee model, which would just turn the entire amateur model upside down. You know, number two, the NCAA feels paralyzed that they cannot enforce their own rules without being subject to further legal challenges. And they're fearful of enforcing those rules for that reason. And, you know, the, the third thing is that they're confronted with a backdrop of an increasing number of states enacting laws, proposing laws that really benefit the schools within their respective states in terms of NIL and creates a, a competitive advantage for those schools. We've seen it in Missouri, Arkansas. We could soon see it in Texas as well. And it's a significant competitive advantage. So they're appealing to Congress and they're saying we have three items on our wish list here. Number one, we need a uniform NIL standard to make things uniform across the board, not, the, not this patchwork of state laws. We need transparency. We need some guardrails here. Number two, they want an official designation, a federal designation that student athletes are not employees. And the third thing is they want at least a limited antitrust protection and they can say, hey, we want to be able to enforce our own rules without being fearful of further lit litigation, legal challenges. That's what they want. It's a big wish list. Uh, they're facing a steep uphill climb right now. And there's several bills that are being circulated throughout Congress. And they really vary in, in terms of details, Bobby. I mean, some are really narrowly focused, specifically related to NIL. Uh, those are from the Republicans. Others are more broadly focused, you know, focused on revenue sharing, health care benefits, uh, you know, scholarship elements. And, and those are from the Democrats. So the clock is ticking because the election cycle is around the corner 
And once that gets going, it's going to be really hard to secure, you know, any federal legislation of any significance. They're running out of time uh, and they got the work cut out for them, to say the least. So they're looking for uniformity, a one size fits all rule for all 50 states, uh, an official designation as the student athletes not being employees based on uh, what I read of the Supreme Court verdict a year a year or two ago. They're going to have a hard time proving that. That's what they want, though, right? Absolutely. I mean, on the employee front, everything right now is moving toward uh, a model in which student athletes are designated as employees of either their school, uh, conference, or the NCAA. I mean, the National Labor Relations Board, there's a hearing in, in November that's going to be consequential on that front. And, you know, what this would mean for athletes if they're deemed employees, I cannot overstate the importance of this. I mean, they would have to collectively bargain every aspect of their experience, you know, at a university. They are employees. They could be terminated. They have to collectively bargain, you know, for practice time, uh, you know, scholarship elements, so on and so forth. So I think it's a mixed bag for athletes, to say the least, and perhaps more importantly, it could jeopardize the existence of Olympic of some Olympic sports at some schools because if if they need to you know engage in revenue sharing, you know SEC football players certainly have more leverage and you could argue more value in terms of the TV market than you know uh, men's soccer players elsewhere at some schools. So it would put some schools uh, sports in jeopardy. And that's just one aspect of of what's uh, what's on the horizon here. And you just cannot overstate what's at stake here. And I have to say, I mean, the NCA has a choice. They don't have to go to Congress. You know, they see the writing on the wall, like I said, and they can get out in front of this and say, we need a new model. Let's be at the forefront and create that. And let's introduce a form of revenue sharing, a component that would, you know, create more equal value across the board. They've never been proactive, ever. And their messaging has been so poor on this. So therefore, you know, they're not moving until they absolutely have to take action. And that's why we're seeing it all play out at Capitol Hill right now. Yeah. Charlie Baker is the new uh, head of the NCAA, former Massachusetts governor. He's a politician. Uh, He's going to speak in front of Congress tomorrow, I believe. There's five legislative sessions. Uh, One is focused on realignment. One is on NIL. One is on the portal. Another is an overall state of college sports. Um, is this just more shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic by the NCAA? You mentioned the word Hail Mary. Are, are they not getting out in front of it, in your opinion? Or are they trying to be, they're trying to stick to the old model that, frankly, the courts have already said, you're going down the wrong path trying to stick to what you already have. Great, great question. I, I do view it as a Hail Mary. Uh, they're not out in front of this. Uh, they're missing a real opportunity here to help create this new model and help determine what it looks like, you know, without an outside entity, you know, taking control and determining it for them. And it could be the National Labor Relations Board. It could be another entity. Take your pick. They're, they've got incoming from all sides right now. And I have to say, Charlie Baker... Uh, You know, I've listened to him. He is certainly more equipped to try to get this done than Mark Emmert was. He he failed miserably 
at this and you know they've delayed and delayed until now they're forced to take action so um you know but I, but look i mean we'll see what comes out tomorrow i'm not i'm not optimistic that it, we'll see any major progress because we had a hearing an nil hearing you know uh, you know in congress in late march and the wrong questions were being asked to the wrong people and it was it just just simply seemed like largely a waste of time you know without addressing the elephant in the room where we need a new model what's it going to look like if it's not the employee model it's going to have to incorporate some level of revenue sharing so how do we do it how do we how do we make sure the sec football players get what they deserve but let's, let's not forget about the softball players and hovering above all of this is title nine and the implications related to title nine and that's not going away i mean that's that's looming on the horizon as well and will need to be addressed they failed to do it in the March hearing. And, you know, I'm really curious and eager to see what comes out of it tomorrow, but I don't have my hopes up. Let me ask you this. Has the NCAA done anything well other than its basketball tournament? Oh, I was going to say the basketball tournament. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, they've seen the women's basketball tour- tournament thrive of late, but certainly, they, you know, there were issues with the locker room, the weight room. The, so I'm almost laughing at the, you know, bringing that up. They, they, they have a ways to go on a number of fronts. I mean, they they haven't. I'll put it. I'll put it like this: as Jay Billis said, the NCAA tournament is idiot proof. You can't mess it up. They haven't screwed it up yet, and they screwed up the media rights deal related to the NCAA men's tournament as well back in sixteen. That's another conversation. But you know, and they're they're considering you know large expansion, perhaps to 90, 96 teams. So there's ways they could screw this up. You know, and they're not off the hook from that just yet. But, you know, I, I, I think they've they've really been uh, misguided and, and missed a lot of opportunities, you know, in recent years as everything has been undergoing radical, dizzying change. And they've just sat on the sidelines for the most part. I'm speaking with Eric Prisbell on threes, senior college sports business writer, covers the beat. Uh, Eric, I, I want to turn this to the University of Texas. Uh, so you live in Texas. Uh, very familiar with the laws and rule of, you know, everything that's going on here. Um, as it relates to the state of Texas and the University of Texas in particular, what are the things that you are following right now that you think the audience, a Texas football fan, needs to really know? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, uh, you know, I have my eyes on this state law that I believe is sitting on Greg Abbott's desk and waiting for his signature. And I foresee a future in the state of Texas where the universities, big and small, 
we'll really be able to thrive when it comes to NIL. And, you know, barring some sort of federal legislation to preempt all of these state laws, you know, they will be immune to a certain extent from NCAA enforcement. Look, I don't know the NCAA's will nor its ability to enforce NIL rules. I still question that. But if a state law is in place to say that the NCAA cannot crack down on, you know, certain you know athletes because of NIL potential violations, you know, that's massive. And, you know, also this, this movement of taking foundations and incorporating collectives through foundations, which are connected uh, more strongly to the university, that's something to watch as well. I mean, the potential for that is really almost unlimited in terms of what it can do to provide uh, financial resources to athletes. The one thing you got to watch with that, and I'm going to keep saying this, is Title IX. And if it's connected to the university and, and not an outside entity, then there's going to be scrutiny on whether the women athletes are receiving you know, equitable uh, finances, resources, funds, you know, related to the, you know, what the men are receiving. So that's all there to watch. But I think Texas is, is envelope pushing is on, you know, the most innovative pathway, you know, along with the likes of Arkansas, Missouri, you know, those states have really been forward thinking and aggressive when it comes to looking at state laws and how it could benefit in-state athletes and in-state schools. A couple other things came across my desk in the last 24, 48 hours. One is this idea of a high school super league where a guy's going to use NIL to pay uh, blue chip players to only play for his team or maybe only play for his team in the spring, but he, he can play for other leagues in the fall. The state of Texas doesn't allow that by UIL rules. So that's, that's, that example is probably not going to fly and going to be DOA in the state of Texas, um, in my opinion, but there are other, elements that are going to be, be happening. You talked about this Lone Star Collective. That is something you told me about today that I frankly had not heard of yet. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I met for with lunch. I met for lunch today with Tom Burnett, the former longtime Southland commissioner. And he has a really innovative program that he's launching right now. And I have a story on this a lengthy story running tomorrow. It's called Lone Star NIL. And we've seen the proliferation across the board nationally the last two years of school specific collectives entities that connect athletes with companies for nil opportunities in a number of ways this is the first ever state specific nil collective or marketplace that will connect athletes throughout the state with with different corporations now how's it different from a collective collectives are typically donor driven you know they receive donations of varying degrees, uh, you know, from boosters and largely for the purpose of that, that athlete attending that school. Uh, this is not along those lines. They, they're not necessarily closing their doors to boosters. They'll take those phone calls. But the, the primary reason for, for launching this is to deal directly with the businesses, corporations, big and small, large ones, Fortune 500 companies, uh, all the way down to mom and pop you know, restaurants. And, you know, for example, you know, if there's a, um, you know, a female basketball from, you know, Melissa, Texas, which is a little bit North of me where I live in Allen and, and she goes to Sam Houston state, 
you know, they will connect that athlete with NIL opportunities, you know, any from the new Bucky's in Melissa all the way down to the mom and pop taco shop there. And it could create a, a lot of opportunities that aren't there right now for athletes. I think it's primarily targeted, you know, for like athletes that go university of North Texas, you know, mid, mid major type schools. Now they, Tom did tell me that they've asked a number of power five athletes would you be open to this? And they explain what it was and they're open to learning more about it. Uh, they're not trying to compete with collectives, but it's another, it's another tool, another Avenue, another way to, to give in-state athletes who graduate high school in the state of Texas and who participate in athletics in the state of Texas, a leg up, give them another advantage. And we're seeing more and more of that. It kind of goes along with where the state laws are headed. Um, yeah, I live in Texas, so I, I know the passion of the fans here. I know the, the wide spectrum of schools that exist here and also the businesses that are popping up, not just in North Texas, but really throughout it, certainly in Austin and well beyond. Here, here's a question for you. Uh, you're, you're on the national beat, right? You're the senior college business writer for, for uh, on three sports. My question is this. What's the perception of the University of Texas's NIL program nationally, in your opinion? Like, mm. what do you hear from people? When you're out there covering it, do they speak enviously of Texas? Or are they critical of it? Of it? What What is the the goal? Because I, me personally, from my standpoint, I'm looking at it. If you're looking at it from a fan, Texas did really well in recruiting, did really well in the portal, and they kept all their guys from transferring. NIL played a role in probably all three of those things. So the Texas One Fund is probably doing a pretty good job. I'm wondering what people outside the Texas ecosystem are thinking i hear that it's in the top tier of schools as it relates to nil and that it should be in the top tier all the pieces are in place i mean we've talked about the you know, the fan base and the deep pocketed boosters surrounding the program and if if they target their resources and their efforts in the right place then there's no reason why texas should be a place where people are, are, are leaving jumping into the transfer portal um, you know, they're, they're missing opportunities. That should just should not be the case at the University of Texas in Austin. And, you know, so I hear that it's in the top tier. It's on the forward, you know, thinking front lines of all of this. But it's changing. It's changing quickly. It ch seems to change every couple of weeks now. Um, but I don't think they'll be left behind. They have they have all the resources. They, they have smart people involved. I remember I, you know, two years, nearly two years ago, well, maybe a year and a half. In the, the fall of 2021, I was doing those stories on the first collectives that were emerging, you know, surrounding University of Texas. And, you know, it's not not a surprise. I mean, everything is there and they should be near the top of the list in terms of recruiting and also retention. And that's a retention aspect. That's as important as anything right now. Yep. All right. Speaking with Eric Prisbel of On3 Sports, senior college business writer. Eric, I appreciate your time. Uh, for f Texas fans uh, that are interested in participating in NIL, uh, the one that the university supports is TexasOneFund.org. I know you've talked with those guys before, Eric, and um, they are the ones that uh, the university specifically says, okay, we endorse these guys. These guys are running our NIL collective. It's TexasOneFund.org if you want to support them. Eric, as always, I'll be looking forward to your article tomorrow, bud. Uh, I appreciate it. Anytime, Bobby. Always a pleasure. Thank All you. Right. Have a good one.